Hello and welcome to another episode of How Are You Holding Up? A mental health podcast by the depressed for the depressed. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Chris. And uh, I want to ask you, Chris, how are you holding up today? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been uh, I've been considerably better, but uh, this is this is not one of those days, and that's okay. Do you feel like this is just one of those days where it's a lower energy thing, or do you feel like this is the start of a possible depression? Yes. Gotcha. <laughs> um, it's it's so so last last the audience heard from me. It was before I left on my trip to go and spend a week in Georgia with my friends for their mm-hmm. wedding, and yeah. I had a lovely time out there. And it was raining the whole time, and I you know I enjoyed that yeah. because that's not something we get that often in California, right? Uh, <laughs> and um, then immediately after, I did the Extra Life Marathon, which for those of you who tuned in, uh, thank you. That was super cool. <laughs> uh, it was successful. We raised 2500 and some change, I think, ultimately for Children's Hospital Los Angeles. So there was a feeling of accomplishment there. And then I had a full week of work where I had to kind of, you know, clean up whatever was left behind or not finished or whatever it was that you know i had to just come back to right and that was okay uh friday i enjoyed taking a group of people to experience my family traditional uh lutefisk supper which is a scandinavian thing uh that i've been going to literally all of my life and every year I try to bring people to it who would be interested in eating fish that's been soaked in lye. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's usually the reaction I get. And um, and then immediately after, uh, I the following day went to uh, celebrate the Los Angeles version of the wedding group. And it was nice for the people who couldn't go to Georgia. Uh, which was where I finally hit my breaking point and went, nope, 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 nope. I need to yeah. get out. I need to, I need to literally remove myself from society right now. Yeah. This is not, this is not going to fly. So now I'm in a state of uncertainty in terms of where I am mentally and emotionally. I, I wonder feel if there's a, if there's some kind of, um, study going on about the trauma from having off and on really intense depression. So like you get traumatized when you think you might be possibly leading back into a depression. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and that's a vicious cycle in and of itself. I would not be at all surprised. It is enough where I, I just legitimately, as soon as I start feeling these kind of feelings again, it's, it, it, it's immediate that I'm just like, nope, 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 nope. Nope, not happening. Let's yeah. let's let's focus on the happy. Let's focus on the good. <laughs> yeah. And you were mentioning to me that your psychologist wanted to possibly up your medication. Yeah, before my psych- this happened. Yeah, they he had mentioned that you know he he'd given me the the test again, and you know I had had a particularly good week at that point, so he was like, okay, things are sounding good, but 
we still might want to up the dosage if we're not seeing more improvement. Okay. So I'm definitely, I'm going to be seeing him next Saturday, which will be nice. Uh, so I can get a good kind of grasp on if this is the case, what we should do, or, you know, if we yeah. should give it more time, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> Lynn, how are you holding up? Well, I'm doing pretty well, but I had an interesting experience that sort of uh, started this whole, I think, episode idea. Um, I had the other night, we I, I was with my partner and I got dinner cooked for me and we both dressed up and we had like a fire in the fireplace and freaking Frank Sinatra playing on Spotify. <laughs> and it was so lovely. And I was so uncomfortable. Um, I'm, I just couldn't, I felt like I, suddenly I was disassociating. I couldn't totally get into it. I kept thinking weird thoughts and it culminated when we started kind of slow dancing by the fire. And I was like, you know, this is nice, but at some point your partner's going to die. <laughs> and I couldn't, yeah, no, really. I like, I started um, crying mm -hmm. and mind you, nothing wrong had happened. Nothing. Yeah. Um, it had been a beautiful day. We no fighting. Everything was fine. Um, and I just could not, I could not enjoy it. I couldn't feel loved. Every time I started feeling loved, my, like my brain would turn it off and I would get squeamish. I don't know how else to describe it, like mentally or emotionally mm -hmm. squeamish and try to like make jokes because it was too intimate. It felt way, way too intimate. Um, I felt like I was in a Hallmark movie and I was a villain from some other dimension <laughs> that I had stepped in. Oh my God. <laughs> so, um, and so I really sat down and started talking with him about it because I felt like that's not a normal response. I think being uncomfortable with intimacy can sometimes happen in general, but we've been together now almost <laughs> a year and, um, having those thought like i just having such neg such extreme negative thoughts like yeah the best case scenario for you Lindsay, is you're either going to break up or um he's going to die first <laughs> so, <laughs> that's that's how these there is no happy ending that was what and i know there's stop. yeah so i could but i couldn't i couldn't let it was like my um they say that when things have happened to you in the past, that you start developing coping mechanisms and those coping mechanisms start to show up in times when you really don't need them. And mm -hmm. this was one of those times where it was like, no, 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 Lindsay, you're not allowed to get attached to this person, even though you you can't be less like you're already <laughs> I'm already in a committed relationship. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to abandonment. <laughs> yes it does very because, succinctly because i was never told that i had abandonment issues i think i kind of assumed it as a side note but in my life of all the kinds of weird stuff that i've been dealing with but i i never really understood it until much until my late 20s when i started to really realize why i was doing some of the things i was doing you know i was told i had depression i was told i had anxiety and then i was told i was codependent um and through trying to fix codependency and my PTSD, which I was told at the same, like just after 
I was told I was codependent. Um, I got kind of dumped by a therapist saying, hey, I think you should see somebody else. She deals with PTSD. And I was like, what do you mean I have PTSD? I've never been to war. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I um, and and no one ever told me, like, by the way. You may have some issues with abandonment, which, of course, would make sense. Um, but let's, yeah. let's get back a little bit and talk about why I and you, Chris, would have a could possibly have abandonment issues. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so, uh, unlike you, Lindsay, I have known my abandonment issues my entire life. I have always, in terms of my my own self knowledge, uh, if I were to describe my greatest weakness, and that is a cool thing to expose to the entirety of the internet, <laughs> my greatest weakness is by far my fear of abandonment. I do not do well by myself, as I have mentioned many, 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 many times in past episodes. Uh, I am a horrible person uh, to myself when I am single. I never take care of the person that I want to be because I feel very undeserving or that, you know, I have a lot of repressed anger almost exclusively towards myself, depression yeah. about myself, anxiety of the things I do, it's so, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, but my Ultimately, my my own fear of abandonment came from a admittedly violent place. It is, of course, the death of a parent, which uh, if you are at a young, impressionable age, uh, parents who have already been divorced, which divorce can also manifest that fear of abandonment. But when you are also in that state of this person is gone forever because of death you uh you don't really know how to kind of deal with that and it's uh it's it's it leads into what do you do when someone else goes away forever what if it's not even they're not even dead they're just not there anymore i mean those are really big scary things to deal with when you're young and in the last 10 years really only in the last 10 years i think we've started to discover how much our young brains absorb and are um, really created for the rest of our adulthood uh, (laughs) by the experiences that happen to us, mainly by those who are closest to us. So parents um, and really close family members and friends. So all of that is the science behind it. And we're not, obviously we're not professionals. Um, Mm -hmm. We're kind of sharing what we've learned but I, I know that it's it's almost uncomfortable for me to read trauma books or childhood development books because I'm so uncomfortable by how messed up my childhood made me. And I feel like it's just embarrassing or like um, stereotypical, like, oh, I had a bad childhood and that's why I'm the way. I, but it is. <laughs> that's exactly why. <laughs> that's so. 90% of the reason why we are the way we are, any of us. Like, you, you talk to any single person and, yeah. hey, do you have a fucked up childhood? Oh, yeah, let me tell you. Let me tell you. So, and I was like, you know, I, I had this whole abandonment thing and I was trying to figure out why, because I was thinking, well, it was the relationships in my, as an adult that really messed me up. And then it was like, but why did I keep getting into these relationships? And I kept getting further and further back. 
And because both my parents, even though they divorced, they did try to do a good job at staying in my life and doing things with me. Um, sure. And they, they, my father moved eventually just like a block away from my mother. So I didn't feel abandoned by either of them necessarily. Um, no. Although they, I'm sure there's a whole thing about, you know, divorce, but my, my um, separation anxiety and, and um, I think abandonment issues are pretty deep. And one of the reasons is I was three years old when the separation happened. So a chain of events occurred where my mom was suddenly single and needed someone to be with her very young child. So they started getting um, live in nannies um, mm-hmm. who usually did not speak English. And so I grew up kind of speaking Spanglish. And, but about every year or two, they would leave and I would never yeah. see them again. I would never see them again. I would never hear from them again. And so my main caretaker would suddenly be gone. And my mom was working a lot. So I only saw her in the evenings. And my father had also at this point been like hopping from apartment to apartment. So I think looking back at that and understanding what I know now about childhood psychology, um, I think that was very, and I had never, ever thought about that. Like all my primary caretakers, A, did not speak my language and B, then left me after I got used to them. (laughs) I I have a similarly hilarious thing. I'm sure I've I've mentioned this before in the past, but in my experience after my father died, I had a childhood therapist who I was kind of working through all of my issues, one of which was my abandonment issues. And uh with after like a year, year and a half of seeing him, uh he we had our we had a session and he said, I have to let you know I'm leaving. <laughs> Oh no. So I was abandoned by my abandonment therapist. (laughs) I feel like that's a country song. (laughs) It's really dark. (laughs) Yes. See our see episode uh sixty, I think. Dark humor. <laughs> so, so th- th- things like that, like be- beside, like your, you know, being children of divorce, uh, being in therapy, and things maybe not working out quite so well, or perhaps you've been in romantic relationships where your partner leaves you for someone else, or whatever the situation may be, because uh, we've both experienced that as well, which is. Not no bueno. <laughs> yeah. But it can lead you to a number of different, uh, how do I put this? Modus operandi, like your, your, your standard method of, of just going into a relationship and how you see, uh, how you see your, your behaviors. So here I have found a list uh, which is the signs of a fear of abandonment. And this is an amazing list because as as Lindsay and I were reading this before recording, it, it was a moment of us going, uh-huh, 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 yeah, mm, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so uncomfortable when you're like, wow, I'm textbook. <laughs> cool, cool list, guys. <laughs> It's like, it's like you get, you're like, Hey, by the way, you have depression. And then you have to unravel all the reasons why and why you're affected by all these different things. And it's just, so here we go. So go ahead with your list. I love them. So, so starting at the top, uh, 
a my one of my personal favorites, a reluctance to commitment. And on the flip side, a quickness <laughs> to attachment. Yeah. Even to unavailable partners. This is something that I have experienced quite a bit where I will, I'm more on the quickness to attach than I am the reluctant, the reluctance to commit. Mm -hmm. Because I've had almost exclusively like long term monogamous relationships. I don't date around. I don't have like short little flings or anything. I just go neck deep. That's what, you know, that's why it was so weird for me with this one because I was the same. And then with my current partner, it was like, I wanted to stop on all, like, I want to hang out, hang out, hang out. And then I was like, wait, 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 we can't do this. We can't be together. No, I don't want to, we, we just, I, I'm never going to date you. I, you were never going to be my boyfriend ever. It's never going to happen. It's impossible. We can't do this. <laughs> it was really, really the first, and I mean like a dead fear and revulsion to get mm. in close and intimacy. Like it wasn't, it was visceral. Oh. Continue. <laughs> uh, there is also a quickness to move on to ensure you don't get too attached. I have Again. hurt so many people by doing this. <laughs> it's yeah. just that, that moment where you just go, oh, I'm feeling really attached to this guy. That's nice. Time to fuck this up. <laughs> Let's move yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people will do that by attaching to somebody else while they're in a relationship. And it's not like you seek it out. It's just suddenly all of a sudden I met this person and we're just, we're chatting online and we're, we're talking a lot more at lunch. We went out to lunch together and Oh, we're now emotional. I'm, I'm emotionally cheating. I got to dump yeah. him. because I don't want to tell him I'm cheating on him. That would hurt him too much. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of horrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No kidding. Uh, Then we have, as I've mentioned before, insecurity, feeling unworthy of love. This is a big one. Remember that time I was telling myself that I was, my partner was going to die while we were having a date? (laughs) Like, because I couldn't feel loved. (laughs) A lot of that fear of just like, you know that you've got that insecurity and you are genuinely fearful that, you know, you, you, it kind of ties in also to like imposter syndrome and shit like that. Oh yeah. Where you're just like, Oh man, this person is totally head over heels for me. How long until they realize that I'm a (laughs) fuck up? How long till they get to know me? (laughs) (laughs) Um, which leads to another, uh, difficulty achieving emotional intimacy. You can, sometimes find yourself in the complete opposite spectrum where you are just stonewalling someone that uh, perhaps you've 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 had a, a little little tiny bit of intimacy kind of snuck in and you immediately squash it down yeah i think this probably happens with people um when you get ghosted harkening mm-hmm. back to our last episode and um I think a lot of people experience discomfort in the attachment process so they really just they disappear um, and I experienced it. I think if you guys go back to our episode on being numb, mm-hmm. I was, there was about a two month, three month period with my current partner where I knew logically that I loved him, but I couldn't feel anything towards him. I just couldn't feel that love. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. That is absolutely a good one. So if you uh, guys are in that right now and you're depressed and you think maybe your relationship's over, it might not be. <laughs> yeah. You're probably just having that moment of stonewalling a good thing. Don't do that. Speaking of uh, hypersensitivity to criticism. God damn it. <laughs> if, if you can't handle us telling you don't do that because it's bad <laughs> for you, 
you might have a little bit of a hypersensitivity going on here. And I, it's <laughs> I took my father to therapy. Um, I tried to anyway. And uh, one of the things he told uh, told my therapist while we were in therapy together was, you know, Lynch is just really bad um, with dealing with criticism. And there's literally nothing I could say because if you say that's not true, then you're losing. <laughs> you're making it right. <laughs> you're sensitive to criticism. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 exactly. I really am. I'm terrible. I admit it. I'm trying. I'm trying. Continue. I am. I am also pretty bad at it, but I've I've had a lot of practice hiding my my sensitivity to it. <laughs> well, I'm really good at making it the other person's fault. Oh, it's such. I don't even think about it. I just, I just launch into something, even if they're not being critical, and I just take it like they're being critical. That's that's even worse. But go ahead, continue the list. There is also aiming to please. This is bending Mm. over backwards. This is the complete opposite of uh, being hypersensitive to criticism. It is, it is taking a suggestion. Something that normally maybe you wouldn't even go with, something you wouldn't normally think on your own, and that is, oh yes, of course. Let me let me twist my spine this direction because that's what you've asked for. I think this comes from once you start getting that tickling fear that they're no longer as interested in you, or that someone's going to be find you less than interesting. Suddenly, you start to do the people pleasing thing, and that's also a codependent behavior. Um, yes. where like, they're like, oh man, I'm really thirsty. Oh really? Oh, okay. And then you like jump up and go get them water, even mm-hmm. though you're tired and whatever, you know, that's a really small yes. um, thing, but there's like emotional ones too, where you don't really want to go out, but you go out with them cause you want to, or they really enjoy having their friends over and you really need a night off, but you go ahead and along with it. And then that builds resentment. But anyway, please continue. It sure does. There's also, uh, separation anxiety. This one is a hallmark yeah. of, of, of the fear of abandonment. When they go away, whether it's at work, whether it's a night out with the guys, whether it's a night out with the girls, maybe it's just uh, a, a work, work-related. They're just, it's a late night. They have to work. And you start getting anxious about it. You start fearing. You start... Making up scenarios, scenarios mm-hmm. yeah. The scenarios in your head that are a million times worse than any reality. That in and of itself is horrible to deal with. Yep. And speaking of being horrible, once you are in a relationship, no matter what, you will stay, no matter how unhealthy it is. This is one that I have dealt with uh, myself more uh, more than not. Almost every relationship I have been in has been of this ilk. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've, I think a lot of us experience at least once staying in a relationship way longer than you want to. Or is healthy for you. And I know for me, what would end up happening was, well, it might get better. Or I start obsessing over the good times that we had. Maybe that's like on one hand, but well, it felt <laughs> really good. And and the fear of like, I don't know, there, it almost feels like the person's going to die if mm-hmm. 
you break up. It's like that person's still here. That person still exists. It just means that you guys can't be in that kind of relationship together. And it's up to you to make up the relationship that is healthy. You could still possibly be, you know, distant friends because I don't know if you could be close friends after a breakup. But it doesn't mean that they're gone forever. And for me, it would feel like this person will be gone forever. And I think that harkens back to my mother deciding a couple times that certain people in my life were not healthy, certain female friends. And then would just cut them out, would call their parents, say, you're not, don't have your daughter come around my daughter anymore. Mm-hmm. And so like, I get the same feeling with boyfriends um, as I do with friends, as I do with, like, I get this fear in me that suddenly my friend has lost interest in me or whatever. And because of the unhealthy relationships I have been in, um, I was also in unhealthy friendships that surrounded those relationships. And then let's say there was a big breakup, that person was gone. And so was all of my friends, um, quote unquote friends. And so I had to restart a lot. Um, And so this is kind of a good example, I think, of being in um, that self-perpetuating, re-traumatizing yourself, um, getting yourself in something unhealthy, staying in it too long, relying on it, people pleasing it, then it's gone and your entire life is gone. And then you're traumatized again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) oh god yeah no that's uh too real (laughs) and i think that's why we we try to preach creating a healthy rich inner life within yourself and then trying to find people in different groups who will be able to support you because if you're relying on a group of people or a particular partner or a friend for all of your emotional needs more often than not, they're going to let you down in a big way. And a lot of the time, if you haven't been doing any healing, you often bond through trauma with your friends or boyfriends if you haven't had any kind of healing, either of you. And then what ends up happening is you start going through this weird trauma cycle together, which can be really bonding and intense. But if you start to heal and you start to go through something, Mm -hmm. oftentimes that kind of relationship starts to show its colors and it's not as strong as you once thought so trying to create healthy relationships new relationships as well is really important because abandonment and depression there are a number of coping strategies of which one of them is indeed finding yourself groups multiple groups of like-minded individuals there is a uh there is a degree of just impressionable behavior that can be instilled at that point where you 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 can take those those negative traits that you've had and the things that are definitely getting in your way and you find yourself in a group of people and you are of like mind and maybe some of them have been through a lot of the things you've been through and they have alternate ways of getting through what you've gone through sometimes it's helpful or sometimes it's helpful. Sometimes it's helpful. Can't <laughs> Words. cannot talk. Uh, first and foremost, though, if you think that you have or you are experiencing a fear of abandonment and it is interfering with your relationships, uh, the first step uh, obviously will be professional help. There is nothing yeah. wrong with getting therapy. There's nothing wrong with seeing a therapist, whether it is you know a psychologist, a family therapist. A social worker, whoever it may be, if a guidance counselor at your school, it's fine. They're there to help. 
we do recommend being wary of the um, kind of popular apps that are coming out right now where you supposedly talk to a therapist. Yes. Um, and websites. Uh, you can talk to a therapist anytime or whatever. A lot of those people are not um, qualified no. to be helping anybody. I was actually thinking about doing an episode or at least talking about trying to sign up for it without – I don't have a bachelor's degree. Um, so trying to sign up for it and seeing what they do to check me um, mm-hmm. because I think it's really important to – you know, hold a certain standard in mental health. Given my experience with one of them in particular, uh, I would say there is no screening process. It was, it was completely and totally uh, worthless. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you, if you have an app that is uh, maybe offering you some sort of better help or something like that, <clears throat> then you might want to avoid those. Yes. Because if you've got a lot of repressed anger and depression and anxiety and you don't have a word for what you're dealing with, you don't need somebody who is completely unqualified um, telling you what your problems are. That is just going to screw you up more. Yes. Um, So, yes, professional help. Get some good ones. Yeah. Building your own feelings of belonging, your, your hobbies, your passions, your dreams, it, it, anything that can help you just kind of develop your sense of self can also help in tackling the fear of abandonment. Part of the fear obviously stems from that insecurity or feeling unworthy. And if you find yourself in a situation where you're doing things that you enjoy and you love and you, you find yourself you know, escaping the darker thoughts because of them. Well, hell yeah, do that. Do that thing. <laughs> it's totally worth doing. And it might be something you never thought it would be. Um, you know, yep. I, I think, yeah, building... Because I know that right now I'm currently kind of dealing with something where I, the... Fr- uh, hmm, how do I say this? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> certain people are listening. Um, I hope that I can remain close friends with people beyond the time that is maybe healthy because people grow and change. And so right now there are some people in my life that I feel like are going in a different direction than I am. Mm-hmm. And um, so sometimes this whole building a sense of belonging or feeling of belonging means to reinvent yourself and reinvent what that friendship is. So I just wanted to throw that out there that Sometimes you can think that, well, I've been belonging in this relationship or friendship or group of people for a long time, but I'm changing. And now I'm starting to grapple with this weird like anger that they're acting a certain way or we're no longer connecting the way I thought or, but it's, it's okay to yeah. try and meet some new people. I'm saying that for myself as well <laughs> because I'm, yeah. feeling, I'm feeling a little angry and hurt right now by certain people in my life. Uh, yeah, no, I, I know that feel. But on that note, if you are currently suffering from a fear of abandonment, it's okay. You're going to be all right. They're not going to... These these fears may be unfounded. They may be founded either way. Just remember to breathe and take each step a day at a time. Yeah. That's all you can do. And you are worthy of love and yes. wonderful deep friendships and relationships and beautiful experiences. Yes, you are. As for us, 
Follow us on Instagram at Podcast. Like our Facebook page, subscribe to the subreddit. If you want to support us directly, visit our Patreon. Or if you want to send us something directly, go ahead and email mailbag at howareyouholdingup.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. We love getting your notes and messages. It means a lot to us because opening up like this online, you never know what you're going to get. Yes, and we've had many of you reach out opening up to us, and that is always something that we we treasure yeah. deeply. It is we value you very much. Yes. And as always, don't, don't tell, tell us, us to just get, get over it. it.